0: Welcome to Calling Game, brought to you by Mediate. I'm Kelsey Trainer with co-host here, Amma Jagnerine. Hello, everybody. Um, and today we are joined by two basketball greats, legends. Um, we have there's a new documentary coming out called Women of Troy. It's a centered around the USC women's basketball team of the 1980s that just stomped on people. Um, it comes out Tuesday, March 10th at 9 o'clock p.m. on HBO. Um, it's the Cheryl Miller led Trojans. They changed women's basketball forever, how they played, the up tempo style, et cetera. Um, so we are joined today by a doctor and a lawyer, um, Rhonda Windham and Juliet Robinson. Welcome, thank you for joining us. All right, this will be fun. I exactly. feel I feel like
1: some type of way right now because uh, Kelsey, you're also a lawyer, so I'm joined by two Uh-oh. lawyers and one doctor, and there's little old me.
0: <laughs> I'll have to hype up my co-host here, Amba who is one of the smartest, most intelligent people that I know. Uh, everything that she does is over my head, so That's, I think we're—I think there's some good company in this podcast well, here. The, the theme
2: here is team, right? And there we go. Has a role on the team, so we're all going to play our role today, and we're going to win.
0: Yes, I love it. Let's go! Let's I love it. Winners See, I love only. Role.
2: That's what I'm talking about.
1: <laughs> You got something, Namba? Yeah. Um, so, Juliet and Rhonda, um, we actually, Kelsey and I, got screeners to the HBO documentary, which was super cool. You know, we, we watched it, and we were so enthralled, taken aback by this story and by two women in, two women in sports. We were shocked that we didn't know this incredible story. Um, and, you know, I know this was a couple of years ago, so... Filming the documentary and recounting all of these stories. What was that like? What was that process like getting to revisit all of these years of like greatness at USC for this documentary and getting back together with your old teammates and, and all of that? What was that like for you guys?
2: Well, you know what? Throughout uh, throughout the years, we get together. And whenever we do get together, we, we talk about the, all the fun we had, all the battles we had uh, while we were playing. And it's like we go right back to when we were 17, 18, 19 years old. Um, you know, people razzing on each other, you know, it, it's just it's it's constant fun and you have to fight to get a get a word in edgewise. Um but there's just so so many great stories that we shared um at at our during our tenure at USC. And um, you know, I, lo- I love sharing the stage with, with my children. So-
0: that's awesome. I mean, the entire... I, I saw pictures of, of the premiere... And it just looked like a time. If I'm being quite honest, I was super
1: upset that I was not out there. (laughs) Yeah, I felt some type of FOMO from that. And it's it's like really nice to see that because Kelsey and I were both college athletes, and it's nowhere near as no absolutely nowhere near it. But (laughs) you know, I think what one thing that we can kind of relate to is the level of camaraderie and the friendship and the family that you build when you're when you're you know playing in college. And um, yeah, I definitely felt that FOMO because um, it's it's cool to think of what me and my teammates will be like in you know ten years or so. Yeah. And
0: I think what stood out to me the most is this is just this is an outstanding women's sports story, right? Like we need more of them. One and there's a quote um, in in the documentary that says, "Anytime anything is televised, that's when you've made it. The key is to stay on television." And so, throughout the documentary, you got to watch the finals, you get to see them, uh, see you guys play in the championship games, and the stands, they're just, they're packed, right? The TV coverage is there. Um, Obviously, nowadays, we have a bit more TV coverage, but it's still not to the extent that we, that it should be. I mean, for example, earlier this year, number 8 Louisville upset number 1 Oregon um, in a tournament in the Bahamas, and you could not watch the game. Um, whereas the next night you could watch a D3 men's team take on um, a D1 men's team on ESPN, right? No one even knew the name of those teams. Um, So in your mind, based off of your experience, what's kind of changed for the better and what do we still need to improve on?
2: Well, I think the interest level um, has skyrocketed over the years. And I think the fact that parents, especially the dads, see the benefits of their daughters playing in sports and then having another way to connect with their daughters. I think that has helped the game a lot. And, you know, when we played, we had that one game on a year and we were excited about right. it. You know, we have that championship game on, um, at, but now there's so many platforms and it's going to take women like yourself who are uh, uh, producing shows on different platforms to give women opportunities you know to give you giving us an opportunity to talk about our documentary
0: you are giving us an opportunity to <laughs> to talk to you i mean it's just it's quite an honor
2: of course so it's, it's gonna it's it's a it's a natural evolution a natural progression but it's going to take women um at the forefront um, of business to make those decisions to say hey you know what One is playing, Louisville's playing Oregon. We get to see Sabrina uh, go and and battle. We need that game on. So we have women who are passionate about the sport, but we also have men who are very passionate, who have helped to progress the game. And it's only going to continue. It's only going to continue. I think the future is is brilliant.
0: Right. I agree. And I think when you see these, you know, typically, um, you know, you had the Yukons of just filling arenas and, um, I think now with Oregon and um, I love what Dawn Staley is doing down at South Carolina. I just have to give a major shout out to Dawn. She's a Philly girl. so um, it's- I mean, and, and, and what she did, she went <laughs> grassroots. Yes.
2: She put herself out there. She put in the work. It takes work to make this. It's not miraculous. No one is going to hand you anything. You have to continue to fight for it. And sometimes you do get shot down. But when you're passionate about something, it doesn't matter when the answer is no. Right. No no means I need to put in a little more work in Mm -hmm. and work harder to make it happen. And, you know, it's it's remarkable what she's done in such a short time. But that's a testament of who she is as a player, a person, a coach. She's a businesswoman.
0: Right. She's so smart. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of smart, let's get back to you guys and uh, (laughs) USC Wins basketball. So you played with Cheryl Miller, Cynthia Cooper, the McGee Twins, yourselves, right? Outstanding, talented players. What was the documentary? You guys talk about it, right? Everyone's kind of back and forth. The stories are going. Um, What was it really like? How cool was it? I mean, how cool was it to play with just so many outstanding women? Not only that, behind the scenes, the locker room, all that fun stuff.
3: You know, for for me, I was the uh, the team captain of this amazing group of women. And these were powerful women. And when you look at it, like the odds were against everybody with us, just against everybody. Because what were the odds of somebody like a Cheryl Miller, who who Cheryl Miller used to practice like she was a scrub trying to get a, be a walk-on a <laughs> national championship? <cancer> <laughs> that thing was bad. I mean, she jumping over rims and jumping all up. <laughs> We like chill, Mill, dang, chill. You pay, pay. Pay. <laughs> I mean, what are the eyes that Mill gonna be off? Pam, Pam, who controlled the paint back in the day? Pam controlled inside. Paula, Lil' Row, Coop. What are the eyes that the, these folks was gonna be off? So there was no way he was not gonna win that championship again. It's just no way. So everybody, we had a fabulous team. powerful women, love it. Yeah, it
1: watching was, that, watching that footage. Oop, sorry. No,
2: no, it, it, it was it was a lot of fun, but every day it was competition. Yeah, It was hard for a competition. Like, when you know, when you're young, you go to the park and play. And you play from sun up to sun down. You know, we were in college, so we had, you know, certain hours where we could put in our work. And we, we loved going to practice. You know, if you could love practice. Because it was competition. Right. And, and you knew every day you were going to get better. If you didn't come with your game that day, you were gonna be taken advantage of. So, <laughs>
0: That's like, yeah, yeah. That's like AMBA every day to me at work, man. Yeah. She's like, you better get it together. You better close this <laughs> deal, together, right? <laughs> She's like, you <laughs> didn't close any deals today. What are you
1: doing? Yeah, we're done every day. We're done. I'm not even gonna look at you. Yeah, watching that passion. footage. Wow. Uh, I, I mean, we were floored, Kelsey and I, watching watching the documentary and watching the footage of you guys playing together, and you know, obviously. I wasn't around yet when um, She's when I you know sorry <laughs> I, no but I wasn't I wasn't around yet when when this all was going on and, and getting to getting the opportunity to see all of that footage of you guys playing together, it's like it's stunning like I I can't imagine I mean I can't imagine like why this was kind of the starting point for you know uh, women's basketball and, and really women's sports to to begin its uplift.
2: I mean we we had to we had to fight for everything we had at that time so you know yeah. now teams have um sponsored um by you know different shoe companies i think we had a small sponsorship and we were happy to have one bag right. you know one, one set of of uniforms i think when at some point during the season we did get a manager that started washing our uniforms, Ooh, but okay. we our, <laughs> then JJ didn't we have to wash our own uniforms? <laughs> we our uniforms <laughs> and uh, we didn't have training <laughs> table. Yeah, we, we didn't have training table. But but that, I'm saying that's a testament of you know we were putting in we were putting in the work. It was like when you go to the park, you're there to play. You don't care who is there, who's there. Mm-hmm you're coming to bring your game and that's what we were doing every day and it helped us develop that championship attitude so that no matter what we're dealing with in our yeah. life today we're prepared we're going to we're going to figure it out we're going to problem solve we're not going to quit there's right. no there's no
0: good in us. I saw a part and, and, two where y'all were asking for basketballs just to have enough basketballs at practice. Right? right. Right. Exactly. Wow.
3: And, you know, to piggyback off of Rhonda, not only did we maintain that championship attitude on the court because we were fierce and we knew we were very clear who we were and what we were all about. We carried that championship atti- attitude off the court as well to where everybody is now. How you sitting here talking to Dr. Rhonda him, and right. Attorney Julia Robinson.
0: Right. Well, that's that kind of leads me into my next question. So I've been talking to USA Basketball a bit. So they had started their new program called Win With Her, right? Um, and it's about taking that extra step, connecting women uh, athletes it's in basketball specifically to executives in sports and making sure that there are more um, female executives in the sports world. And they're going to do that extra step, right, where the money that they raise with the birds or the NECAs are going to be used to send young women to these places um, so that we have more women in positions of power and decision-making in sports. Um, but I know that y'all are super accomplished and getting to watch y'all play on the court um obviously led me to wonder what y'all are like off the court right because so accomplished and I, I, kind of what are your teammates up to i know Rhonda, you were the first gm of the sparks is that correct yeah.
2: Yes, I, I was. Uh, yes, I was the first GM. I mean, um, come on. Okay. <laughs> Look
0: at
1: my little Look at my Come on now. Come <laughs> like, like, on, baby. I'm gonna insert
0: I, I, applause I, I, right here. And yeah, we gotta get
2: our editor
1: to insert that. I
2: stayed. I stayed. Um, I stayed involved um, in basketball. Once I graduated, I worked for the Lakers for a long time, um, doing promotions and public relations. And I had. I had the number one rated ncaa sanctioned women's summer league in los angeles for 20 years called the say no classic so many of the players who at the beginning of the wnba and the abl a lot of those players played in the say no classic in the summertime um you know basketball was my passion and You know, once I I was no longer in the WNBA, I went back to school, got my master's and my doctorate in occupational therapy because I wanted to find another way to help people. I wanted to continue to grow and expand and develop as a human being. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to (laughs) continuing my my career. And I want to work back in the league and maybe work with athletes, helping them transition in and out of sport because, you know, transitioning in change. Change is the hardest thing a human being could possibly do. But as athletes, we have this, all the skills we need. We just have to understand how to translate them into new things. So, you know, I, I'm looking to do some things along those lines.
0: Listen, anyway, we can help. You let us know. Yeah. We gotta put this out. I don't know how many people I gotta put this out to, but I'll do it, whatever, whatever you need. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's just outstanding. and then. I mean, you obviously played with, well, wait, rewind. I'm going to insert like a rewind. Yes. Um, Juliet, like, what are you up to? <laughs> just, just, you know, uh, a, a no, lawyer out no there way. killing it? I mean.
3: <laughs> I tell people that, you know, being an athlete, it teaches you, if you can take that transition and transition some of those skill sets into the real world, we make the best corporate executives when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Because as an athlete, when you're That's trying to true. score, you're either go to the right you going to the left, or if you can't work all that out, you going through the middle. You got a teammate. You gonna do whatever you got to do with it, but you gonna make it happen. Right, and, and that is a skill set, and that's a skill set. When I was coming up, you know, we were just doing but home at type type things. So when athletes can realize, especially if people can realize, can take that skill set and turn that into uh, in the in this executive world and, and be. I, I am. I've been a practicing attorney for thirty years. My clients look at life or death in prison. Um, you know i i i i entered the a field where it was male dominated when i came in and and that whole athletic thing about me it's just like you know i look at trials like it's just that's game day
0: right you know mm-hmm.
3: you put uniform on put boom boom let's go yeah the top, in the middle you right in the middle let's do this i done been here we we done did all this so my my background as as an athlete and as a champion in this way has forefronted my abilities and as an attorney that i'm how i move forward uh, in today's world absolutely
1: and you know Juliet, you saying that says so much to me because when I was watching the documentary, I saw um, when Cheryl joined the team, she wanted number thirty one, and you know you had number thirty one, and, and I, I heard I heard your quote. You said you you can't spell. You, you can't smell women's basketball, or you spell women's basketball, M-I-L-L-E-R. You literally gave and her the shirt is? off your back. <laughs> that makes so oh. much sense to hear you say that, you know, when it comes down to make a game-time decision, us as athletes are prepared for, for this world because we know how to make game-time decisions, and we that's make, exactly what go, you did.
0: <laughs> if you can see Juliet right now, hands are up in the air. She's ready.
3: <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Think about it
3: all meal needed was my number oh shit that's all it show my that's number the number me. oh <laughs> check <laughs> that was hers that was hers she, she had that she had that
0: yeah that was really that was a really cool cool moment I, I really enjoyed that I literally was watching it and I pushed pause to to, to write that down yeah. because that was that was neat that, that was so special know. team you know we're a team here and uh, that was something yeah. that kind of just it really 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 struck me
3: and we went on to win two national championships behind that. that With her, was Cheryl number her wearing that number.
0: Yeah. We won two national championships. Right. She didn't get that number. Who knows what would have happened. <laughs> Who knows?
2: <laughs> um, so, so you see, whenever we had an issue with the team, we would send JR to go and, and work it out. with Coach. That makes sense. I could tell. Right? Yeah. yeah.
0: Anytime. Totally Anytime. checks out. Um, so, you know, the theme of the documentary, you know, is – there's a lot of themes, but obviously one of them being that Cheryl Miller – is slash was one of the greatest basketball players of all time, um, that not a lot of people maybe in the last 10, 15 years fully understand that. Um, what do you think the game itself lost out by not having her play professional basketball?
2: I mean, it, Cheryl was so passionate when she played you know, people talk about how she scored, but her defense, she prided herself on defense, and her defense really sparked her offense. You know, she was all over the place. She she was all she had sure would have this look in her eyes where she was almost in tears playing because it, it she was just so amped up during the game. Mm. And um, you know, teams would try and especially Tennessee teams were trying <laughs> to come after her and try and mess with her emotionally because they knew just how much the game meant to her. And, um, you know, we, it's, un- it's unfortunate that, that she wasn't still playing, you know, Cynthia Cooper continued to play, you know, it was 10 years after she graduated or so before the WNBA started. So it, as an athlete, once you stop playing, it's so hard to come back yeah, it is. to reach that same championship level right. that you had. Um, so, you know, she didn't, she didn't get the opportunity to um, play overseas, Cheryl didn't get the opportunity to play overseas and then play in the WNBA, but she had a, an, an outstanding, illustrious broadcasting career. And, right. um, you know, nothing replaces basketball, but, you know, we try and come as close as we can to finding new passions and new love, but, you know that that breakup that you have with that with that basketball, it's a, it's a bad day,
0: isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Bad Tell day. that to my uh, my Sunday basketball rec league that I just got back into. <laughs> Whew. I'm i at jumpers a little off, so we gotta fix that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, and you know another point that that I wanted to talk about. Have, have you all seen the uh the other was another thing on HBO called The Shop. Um, they yeah. recently had an episode with Sue Bird and Meg Rapino and Whoopi Goldberg, and to kind of play off of that, there was a part of it where Whoopi had talked about um, fully understanding the shoulders of people that we stand on today, right? So when you go back and talk about Title IX um, and what it did for women, women's sports, and the people that carried that, y'all are the people that carried Title IX and everything that went along with it by being so successful Um, in your craft. Um, Did you understand at the time when you were in it how important it was or the effects that it would necessarily have?
3: You you know if I can respond to that just just briefly because Title IX was so significant and at that time you know I was a kid but I've done a lot of work with uh, Barbara Hedges who was the um, athletic director at USC during our time and Title IX we know and she was very significant in Title IX Title IX, we know, was passed in 1971. Give some people some background on what this is. Title IX was passed in 1971 as a landmark legislation by uh, Richard Nixon. The purpose of Title IX was to provide opportunities for girls and women in all fields of education. It was proven to be the most significant pieces of legislation ever passed and opened up for girls and women. Athletic scholarships for girls and women is a direct result of Title IX, the passage of Title IX. Barbara Hedges was instrumental in that in USC. She brought about 13 scholarships to women in in, in 1973. So it was very significant. So at the time, I you know we were just kids, just playing. I you know we I didn't understand to that to that extent until it's all over. And I look back now like wow, we were really doing something
2: significant. Right. We really were doing something significant. Right. I wouldn't have been able to come across the country. You know, I wouldn't even had the opportunity or the thought to go to a yeah. school, USC from across yeah. the country because they were offering me a scholarship. You know, yeah, yeah. But it, my my whole life would have been different. So, you know, that inflation was was so important, and we understood from a basketball standpoint that we could do something special. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know if we necessarily thought about the importance at that time of Title IX, but. I sure was appreciative that I did have a scholarship,
0: though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's right. <laughs> right
1: appreciative. I,
0: I think USC is appreciative of that, too. You know? <laughs> yeah. Some titles will will, uh, will help you out there. Oh, yeah. That's
1: worth it. Oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, just to, to add to wrap things up a little bit, I know y'all are super busy. Um, give us some dirt. Give us some juice. Give us a fun story. <laughs> something that you really remember, um, you know, about your years playing for USC.
3: How about that disco football,
1: Rhonda? <laughs> oh wow. This already sounds juicy. fun. All right.
2: We won't that.
0: But <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, that's got that's in a secret file somewhere, right? You don't get that story?
2: You know, I, I remember See if you remember this. Okay, so our first big road trip when Cheryl and I were freshmen, it was myself, Cheryl Miller, Jamea Bond, Melissa Ward and Leanne Sarah. We were we were the freshmen. And so we were going on our first trip down. We were going to play against Louisiana Tech, who were the champs. And they were opening their new arena down in Ruston, Louisiana. I'm a city kid. I don't do the South. (laughs) And then we were going to play maybe two days later at the University of Tennessee oh against Pat Head Summit. She, she may have been just Pat Head at that point. Right. <laughs> Pat Head. So I already know <laughs> this is going to be a great story. <laughs> so, so we were leaving. Now, Now, mind you, there's no big buses waiting to take you. We had a band and our assistant coach at that time, who was uh, Bruce Victor at the time, so we're leaving early in the morning, like a five o'clock pickup. Now he's, he didn't even come pick us up from in front of our dorm. Cheryl and I had to drag our stuff maybe about three blocks on campus because we had one meeting point. And so everybody's showing up, it's five o'clock in the morning and everyone's showing up. No Pam McGee.
1: Oh my God.
2: Pam is not there. So there's no cell phones there's no, we can't call her. You know, I think someone may have worked a pay phone to call her to see if she was awake. Everybody's looking at Paula. Where's your sister? You know? So Bruce Victor decides, all right, well, if she's not here in, in 10 minutes, we're leaving. We're like, Oh, hell no. We're <laughs> not. We were not, we not going to Louisiana tech. Oh, and and, with and that's we, with Pamela, we called her baby Moses. We are not going anywhere <laughs> without baby Moses. That's right, that's right. On the Louisiana Tech team right then, you had uh, uh, Kim Mulkey, right. um, um, Dennis Lawrence, um, I think her name was Angela Turner, but you also had Deborah Rodman, who is Dennis Rodman's big sister. Wow. And he was a beast. And so we said, oh, heck no. Not
1: so we, had,
2: we were arguing with him threatening to get out the van, you know. Oh, my Pam God. Showed her, she probably showed up about 20, 20, minutes, 20, 20 minutes later. No. But um, she made it, and we made the flight, and we won the game. Wow. And we that behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We behind.
3: We have ran a mini line because Pam being late. Are you Pam serious? Was Pam was even late for the premiere. Pam was late for the premiere. That's
0: amazing. Wow, that's hilarious! <laughs> well, thank you guys both for joining us today and and taking your your time to to talk to us. We truly appreciate it. And thanks for the hot gossip. Yes, we love this. This is a juicy story. <laughs> um, so uh, we really appreciate it. Thank you. And um, join us next time. All right.
3: Bye. Thank you. Bye. On.